Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. Today we're going to study the book, or rather the books of judgment. I think you'll find this very fascinating. Let's pray before we begin. Dear Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your word and for all of your prophets and the information you have given us for these times. I pray you'd help us to grasp it and to realize the import of it. In your name we pray. Amen. Let us begin in, in Daniel, the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 10. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. That's books, more than one. The books were open. Early Writings, page 52, tells us, At the General Conference of Believers, Okay, am I reading the right thing? Yeah, I think so. In the present truth held at Sutton, Vermont, September 1850, I was shown that the seven last plagues will be poured out after Jesus leaves the sanctuary. Said the angel, it is the wrath of God and the Lamb that causes the destruction or death of the wicked. At the voice of God, the saints will be mighty and terrible as an army with banners, but they will not then execute the judgment written. The execution of the judgment will be at the close of the 1,000 years. After the saints are changed to immortality and caught up together with Jesus, after they receive their harps, their robes, and their crowns and enter the city, Jesus and the saints will sit in judgment. The books are opened, the book of life and the book of death. The book of life contains the good deeds of the saints, and the book of death contains the evil deeds of the wicked. These books are compared with the statute book, the Bible, and according to that, men are judged. The saints in unison with Jesus pass their judgment upon the wicked dead. Behold ye, said the angel, the saints in unison with Jesus sit in judgment and mete out to the wicked according to the deeds done in the body and that which they must receive at the execution of the judgment is set off against their names. This I saw was the work of the saints with Jesus through the 1,000 years in the holy city before it descends to the earth. All right. Malachi chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. There's a book of remembrance, a record of thoughts and victories gained. The Desire of Ages, page 637, tells us, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, 
Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another. Thus Christ on the Mount of Olives pictured to his disciples the scene of the great judgment day, and he represented its decisions as turning upon one point. When the nations are gathered before him, there will be but two classes, and their eternal destiny will be determined by what they have done or have neglected to do for him in the person of the poor and the suffering. In that day Christ does not present before men the great work he has done for them in giving his life for their redemption. He presents the faithful work they have done for him. To those whom he sets upon his right hand he will say, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. But those whom Christ commands know not what, that they have been ministering to him. To their perplexed inquiry, he answers, Inasmuch as you have done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. And Great Controversy, page 481, says, A book of remembrance is written before God, in which are recorded the good deeds of them that feared the Lord, and they thought upon his name. Their words of faith, their acts of love, are registered in heaven. Nehemiah refers to this when he says, Remember me, O my God, and wipe not out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God. Psalms 56, verse 8, tells us, Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle, are they not in thy book? And back to a paragraph in the Great Controversy, page 481, it tells us, in the book of God's remembrance, every deed of righteousness is immortalized. There, every temptation resisted, every evil overcome, every word of tender pity expressed is faithfully chronicled, and every act of sacrifice, every suffering and sorrow endured for Christ's sake is recorded. Says the psalmist, Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle, are they not? in thy book. Psalms 87 verses 4 through 6 Psalms 87 verses 4 through 6 I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold Philistia and Tyre with Ethiopia. This man was born there. And of Zion it shall be said, This and that man was born here in her, and the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he rideth up the people that this man was born there, Selah. A place of birth and influences that go to make up our characters. The Lord makes note of these things. Psalms 139, 15, and 16. This is one of our favorite psalms for all of us, isn't it? 
My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which as continuance were fashioned, in which continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! The members of our body are written in the Lord's book. Romans chapter 2, 1 through 5. Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering? Sorry. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance, but after the hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, so this reveals here, it says, you're treasuring up to yourself wrath because when you judge somebody else, it's written down in heaven and being kept track of and you're going to face it. It will be revealed on the, right, on the day of judgment. A man's life is written so accurately that he, if he professes one thing and lives another, he's treasuring up wrath against the day of wrath. Great Controversy, page 487. Angels have registered both the good and the evil. The mightiest conqueror upon the earth cannot call back the record of even a single day. Our acts, our words, even our most secret motives all have their weight in deciding our destiny for weal or woe. And though they may be forgotten by us, they will bear their testimony to justify or to condemn as the features of the countenance are reproduced with unerring accuracy on a polished plate of the artist, so the character is faithfully delineated in the books above, yet how little solicitude is felt concerning that record which is to meet the gaze of the heavenly beings. Could the veil which separates the visible from the invisible world be swept back, and the children of men behold an angel Recording every word and deed which they must meet again in the judgment. How many words that are daily uttered would remain unspoken? How many deeds would remain undone? In the judgment, the use made of every talent will be scrutinized. How have we employed the capital lent us of heaven? Will the Lord at his coming receive his own with usury? Have we improved the powers entrusted us in hand and heart and brain to the glory of God and the blessing of the world? How have we used our time, our pen, our voice, our money, our influence? What have we done for Christ in the person of the poor, the afflicted, the orphan, or the widow? God has made us the depositary of his holy word. What have we done 
with the light and truth given us to make men wise unto salvation. No value is attached to a mere profession of faith in Christ. Only the love which is shown by works is counted genuine. It is love alone which in the sight of heaven makes any act of virtue or value, whatever is done from love, however small it may appear, and the estimate of men is accepted and rewarded of God. No value, I'm going to read that again, is attached to a mere profession of faith in Christ. A mere profession it doesn't prove that we have love. What we do from love is what counts. All right, I don't want to lose my place here. Let's see. Luke 10, 19 and 20. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. So God has your name in a book. Which one is it? To be enrolled in the book of life is the highest honor that can be given to mortals. Christ Object Lessons, page 299. This book has all of Christ Object Lessons talked about chapter by chapter. It's a very good book. 299. Okay. God desired that the whole life of his people should be a life of praise. Thus his way was to be made known upon earth, his saving health among all nations. So it should be now. The people of the world are worshiping false gods. They are to be turned from their false worship, not by hearing a denunciation of their idols, but by beholding something better. God's goodness is to be made known. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, I am that I am God. The Lord desires us to appreciate the great plan of redemption, to realize our high privilege as the children of God, to walk before him in obedience with grateful life, with gladness, every day. He longs to see gratitude welling up in our hearts because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, because we may cast all our care upon him who cares for us. He bids us rejoice because we're the heritage of the Lord, because the righteousness of Christ is the white robe of his saints, because we have the blessed hope of the soon coming of our Savior. Philippians 4, verse 3. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel with Clement also, and with other of my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. That's what Paul tells us. Names of faithful workers are recorded. The Desire of Vages, page 313. All who choose Christ's kingdom of love and righteousness and peace 
making its interests paramount to all others, are linked to the world above. Every blessing needed for this life is theirs. In the book of God's providence, the volume of life, we are each given a page. That page contains every particular of our history. Even the hairs of the head are numbered. God's children are never absent from his mind. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. We don't know how intimately he's involved in our lives, do we? Desire of Ages, page 638. Looking for the right paragraph so I don't read the whole page to you. Well, let's see. Oh, I guess I could read the whole page. It's not big. All who have been born into the heavenly family are in a special sense the brethren of our Lord. The love of Christ binds together the members of his family. And wherever that love is made manifest, there the divine relationship is revealed. Everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. 1 John 4, 7 Those whom Christ commends in the judgment may have known little of theology, but they've cherished his principles. Through the influence of the divine spirit, they've been a blessing to those about them. Even among the heathen are those who have cherished a spirit of kindness. Before the words of life had fallen upon their ears, they befriended missionaries, even ministering to them at the peril of their own lives. Among the heathen are those who worship God ignorantly, those to whom the light is never brought by human instrumentality, yet they will not perish. Though ignorant of the written law of God, they heard his voice speaking to them in nature, and they have done the things the law required. Their works are evidence that the Holy Spirit has touched their hearts. They are recognized as the children of God. How surprised and gladdened! will be the lowly among the nations and among the heathen to hear from the lips of the Savior. And as much as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it to me. How glad will the heart of infinite love, will be the heart of infinite love as his followers look up with surprise and joy at his words <clears throat> of approval. But not to any class is Christ love restricted. He identifies himself with every child of humanity. That's you, that's me. That we might become members of the heavenly family. He became a member of the earthly family. He is the son of man. He was a brother to every son and daughter of Adam. His followers are not to feel themselves detached from the perishing world around them. They are a part of the great web of humanity. Heaven looks upon them as brothers to sinners as well as to saints. The fallen, the erring, and the sinful, Christ loves embraces and every deed of kindness done to uplift a fallen soul, every act of mercy, is accepted as done to him and recorded, I might add. So, <clears throat> now we're going to look in the book of Exodus, in our Bible, Exodus 32. Verse 33, if you get there before me. Exodus 32. Verse 33, And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Names of those who cling to sin will be removed. Great Controversy, page 483. There goes the idea of once saved, always saved, doesn't it? Um, 
I believe that we will not study that today, however. Great Controversy, page 483. As the books of record are opened in the judgment, the lives of all who have believed on Jesus come in review before God, beginning with those who first lived upon the earth. Our advocate presents the cases of each successive generation and closes with the living. Every name is mentioned, every case closely investigated. Names are accepted, names rejected. When any have sins remaining upon the books of record, unrepented of and unforgiven, their names will be blotted out of the book of life, and the record of their good deeds will be erased from the book of God's remembrance. The Lord declared to Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. And says the prophet Ezekiel, When the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity, all his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned. All who have truly repented of sin and by faith claimed the blood of Christ as their atoning sacrifice have had pardon entered against their names in the books of heaven as they have become partakers of the righteousness of Christ and their characters are found to be in harmony with the law of God, their sins will be blotted out, and they themselves accounted worthy of eternal life. The Lord declares by the prophet Isaiah, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake, and will not remember thy sins. Said Jesus, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father, and before his angels. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Page 486. At the time appointed for the judgment, the close of the 2300 days mentioned in Daniel, in 1844, began the work of investigation and blotting out of sins. All who have ever taken upon themselves the name of Christ must pass its searching scrutiny. Both the living and the dead are to be judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Sins that have not been repented of and forsaken will not be pardoned and blotted out of the books of record, but will stand to witness against the sinner in the day of God. He may have committed his evil deeds in the light of day or in the darkness of night, but they were open and manifest before him with whom we have to do. Angels of God witness each sin and register them in the unerring records. Sin may be canceled, denied, covered up from father, mother, wife, children, and associates. No one but the guilty actors may cherish the least suspicion of the wrong, but it is laid bare before the intelligences of heaven. The darkness of the darkest night, the secrecy of all deceptive arts, it's not sufficient to veil one thought from the knowledge of the eternal. God has an exact record of every unjust account, every unfair dealing. He is not deceived by appearances of piety. He makes no mistakes in his estimation of character. Men may be deceived by those who are corrupt in heart, but God pierces all disguises and reads the inner life. Mm. Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. 
Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Names of the faithful will be retained in the book of life. Great Controversy, page 484. While Jesus is pleading for the subjects of his grace, Satan accuses them before God as transgressors. The great deceiver has sought to lead them into skepticism, to cause them to lose confidence in God, to separate themselves from his love, and to break his law. Now he points to the record of their lives, to the defects of character, the unlikeness to Christ, which has dishonored their Redeemer, to all the sins that he has tempted them to commit, and because of, the, of these sins, he claims them as his subjects. Jesus does not excuse their sins, but shows their penitence and faith, and claiming for them forgiveness, he lifts his wounded hands before the Father and the holy angels, saying, I know them by name. I have graven them on the palms of my hands. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. That is found in Psalms fifty-one seventeen, And to the accuser of his people he declares, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? That's Zechariah 3, verse 2. Christ will clothe his faithful ones with his own righteousness, that he may present them to his Father, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Their names stand enrolled in the book of life, and concerning them it is written, They shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. And who are these? These are the ones who are contrite and penitent, have repented, confessed, repented, and turned from their sins. Revelation 13, verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And Revelation 17, verse 8. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is. The wicked are not recorded in the book of life. Great Controversy, page 483. Every name is mentioned, every case closely investigated. Names are accepted, names are rejected. When any have sins remaining upon the books of record, unrepented of and unforgiven, their names will be blotted out of the book of life, and the record of their good deeds will be erased from the book of God's remembrance. The Lord declared to Moses, Whosoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. And that is uh, Exodus 32, 33. 
And says the prophet Ezekiel, When the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity, all his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned. That's Ezekiel 18, verse 24. Revelation verse, chapter 20, verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. None will be saved whose names are not recorded in the book of life. Isaiah chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 4. Verse 3. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy, even every one that is written among the living in Jerusalem. The margin. What does the margin say for that verse? Over three. Mm. Oh. Or to life, or the book to life. Is written to life. Among the living. Oh, instead of among the living, they are written to life. Okay, so that's the book of life. All right, Psalm 69, verse 28. Um, Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. And Hebrews twelve twenty three to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. So uh, this looks like parallel. Um, Synonymous parallelism to me, but perhaps not. I'm not going to go there. Okay. Daniel 12, verse 1. Daniel 12, verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that is that shall be found written in the book. <clears throat> Jeremiah 17, verse 13. O our Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed. And they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Written in the earth. There's a reference to that in my margin. Oh, that was uh, 13, 14, 13. Verse 13. Okay, well, the reference is just another verse, and I better not start following that trail. So they're written in the earth, or book of death, where the graves are. 
Early Writings, page 52. After the saints are changed to immortality and caught up together with Jesus, after they receive their harvest robes and crowns and enter the city, Jesus and the saints will sit in judgment. The books are open, the book of life, the book of death. The book of life contains the good deeds of the saints, and the book of death contains the evil deeds of the wicked. These books are compared with the statute book, the Bible, and according to that men are judged. The saints, in unison with Jesus, pass their judgment upon the wicked dead, Behold, ye, said the angel, the saints in unison with Jesus sit in judgment, and they mete out to the wicked according to the deeds done in the body, and that which they must receive at the execution of the judgment is set off against their names. Great Controversy, page 661. Oops, I'm getting close. <clears throat> 661, 64, 62. <laughs> All right. Judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. At this time, the righteous reign as kings and priests unto God. John, in the Revelation, says, I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. They shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. That would be found in Revelation 20, verses 4 and 6. It is at this time that, as foretold by Paul, the saints shall judge the world. Oh, I can't read that. Is that a two? Oh, man. I'm getting blind in my old age. Wait a minute. Let me grab my magnifying glass. Um, okay. Okay. Oh, that's 1 Corinthians 6, 2 and 3. Okay, you've got that. Revelation 20, 4 and 6, and 1 Corinthians 6, 2 and 3. In union with Christ, they judge the wicked, comparing their acts with the statute book, the Bible, and deciding every case according to the deeds done in the body. Then the portion which the wicked must suffer is meted out according to their works as recorded against their names in the book of death. Satan also and evil angels are judged by Christ and his Paul and his people. Oh, I'm sorry, and his people. Says Paul, know ye not that ye shall we shall judge angels? Um, I think that is also in 1 Corinthians 6, 2 and 3. And Jude declares that the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. That's Jude verse 6. At the close of the thousand years, the second resurrection will take place, and the wicked will be raised from the dead and appear before God for the execution of the judgment written. Thus the revelator, after describing the resurrection of the righteous, says, The rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. That will be found in Revelation 20, verse 5. And Isaiah declares concerning the wicked, they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit and shall be shut up in the prison and after many days shall they be visited. Uh, Isaiah 24, 22. And that is when Satan will be loosed from his prison on the earth, which is desolate because now he'll have people to tempt again, won't he? 
Okay, let's see, where am I? Okay, we're on 61. We're getting very close to the end already. Hosea 13, chap uh, verse 12. Hosea chapter 13. A pile of books here. Hosea, Joel, Amos. Hosea 13. Oh boy, my fingers are getting so stiff. I apologize for how long I'm so slow. Okay, Hosea 13, verse 12. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up. His sin is hid. Hmm. All right. The sins are sealed up. They're bound up. Oh. So, uh, Job chapter 14, verse 17. Job chapter 14. Verse 17. My transgression is sealed up in a bag, and thou sewest up mine iniquity. He's basically saying the same thing. Their sins are sealed up. Um, Deuteronomy 32. 32 to 36 will be the last Bible verse. Deuteronomy 32. 32 to 36. Okay. For their all right, thirty yeah, thirty-two to thirty-six. Okay. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall, their clusters are bitter, their wine is the poison of dragons, the cruel venom of asps. Is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures? Oh, saying the same thing. Their sins are sealed up, I guess. To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. For the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself for his servants when he seeth that their power is gone and there's none shut up or left. Okay. So sins of the wicked are all laid up in store until the day of punishment. And the last reference, Great Controversy, page 666. Oh, wow. Page 666. Hmm. If they don't get the mark of the beast. Hmm. 666. Um, here we go. As soon as the books of record are opened and the eye of Jesus looks upon the wicked, they're conscious of every sin which they have ever committed. They see just where their feet diverged from the path of purity and holiness, just how far pride and rebellion have carried them and the violation of the law of God, the seductive temptations which they encouraged by indulgence in sin, the blessings perverted, the messengers of God despised, the warnings rejected, the waves of mercy beaten back by the stubborn, unrepentant heart, all appear as if written in letters of fire. Above the throne is revealed the cross, and like a panoramic view appear the scenes of Adam's temptation and fall, and the successive steps in the great plan of redemption, the Savior's lowly birth, his early life of simplicity and obedience, his baptism in Jordan, the fast and temptation in the wilderness, his public ministry, unfolding to men heaven's most precious blessings, the days crowded with deeds of love and mercy, the nights of prayer and watching in the solitude of the mountains, 
the plottings of envy, hate, and malice, which repaid his benefits, the awful mysterious agony in Gethsemane beneath the crushing weight of the sins of the whole world, his betrayal into the hands of the murderous mob, the fearful events of that night of horror, the unresisting prisoner forsaken by his best-loved disciples, rudely hurried through the streets of Jerusalem, the Son of God exultingly displayed before Annas, arraigned in the high priest's palace in the judgment hall of Pilate before the cowardly and cruel Herod, mocked, insulted, tortured, condemned to die, all vividly portrayed. And now before the swaying multitude are revealed the final scenes, the patient sufferer treading the path to Calvary, the Prince of Heaven hanging upon the cross, the haughty priest and the jeering rabble deriding his expiring agony, the supernatural darkness, the heaving earth, the rent rocks, the open graves, marking the moment when the world's Redeemer yielded up his life. The awful spectacle appears just as it was. Satan, his angels, and his subjects have no power to turn from the picture of their own work. Each actor recalls the part which he performed, and so forth. So people are going to be, it will be revealed to them all their sins and why they will understand and confess themselves that God's judgments are just. All right, so I'm going to summarize rather quickly all that we have read today and then have a closing prayer. So here we are. Let's see. The books of judgment. There are books of judgment in heaven. Um, they will be opened. There's more than one. There is a book of remembrance of records of thoughts and victories gained. There's a book that contains our wanderings, our tears of repentance. They are recorded where we're born. The influences that go into making up our characters, those are recorded. The members of our body are written. Our life is written so accurately that if we profess one thing and live another, he's, we're treasuring up wrath against the day of wrath. We're going to be enrolled in the book of life if we're obedient. This is the highest honor given to us. God's faithful workers' names are recorded. The names of those who cling to sin will be removed from the book of life. The names of the faithful will be retained. The wicked are not recorded in the book of life. None will be saved whose names are not recorded in the book of life. Those who forsake God are written in the book of death. Our sins are sealed up to be faced in the day of judgment. All right, let's close with prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you, Lord for your faithfulness and your care that every detail that makes up who we are is there so that we have every chance to be in the book of life. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness. I pray for those who are here with me today that they would be blessed by this study and that they would go forth and spend time searching their hearts for anything that needs to be repented and confessed. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and accepting them when they come to you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, God bless you today. I'll see you in the morning.